0: Sue and I happened to be driving on the Miracle Mile and came into San Anselmo. And the both of us noticed there was a man standing out holding up a placard. The placard read, Jesus hates sinners. Uh, I was taken aback a little bit, uh, shocked. I told Sue that this was a false narrative, another lie about Jesus. It's interesting to me how many people have taken up the mantle of religiousness and behind their motivation becomes hatred and violence, which to me is totally antithetical to the story of Jesus. All of you have heard the lessons throughout Pentecost about Jesus' teachings and his work with those who are less fortunate, poor, impoverished, sick, in need of help and sincerity. And his graciousness and overabundant love that he shared with those who were, quote, the outcasts as a matter of fact he was so given to this purpose of direction that the anger and the hatred that was expressed was by the pharisees and sadducees they had made laws and regulations that defined who the sinners were and the sinners were to be separated and they were to be the outcasts Jesus' ministry and mission to us was to be in the midst of all of those sinners and outcasts saying, God loves you. God cares about you. God brings life, love, and hope to you. So I think this gentleman standing on the corner, if he is in fact claiming he was a Christian, he was defying all of the Christian tenets of Jesus Christ, Jesus did not hate sinners. He expressed a concern of love, compassion for all of those who felt lost and separated. Habakkuk, in this morning's Old Testament lesson, the prophet is really confused and frustrated with God because. The Babylonians were attacking Judah, and the Babylonians were worse than even those who had become corrupt and immoral in the Judah community. He didn't understand why God would allow these people to attack the people of Judah. He asks God, please give me an answer. You can see the, the plead for clearness in the passage. And God speaks to him about time, direction, and the end. But it's interesting, and you need to be aware, when he says, look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them. Pride is a separation point. Those who will be redeemed have maintained their faith. This is really an important piece because when you look at a backhook, it could have been coming out of today's paper. The violence... The aggression, the anger, the hostility, all of those things are so current and so readily in front of us day by day. But it's by our faith that we'll be made whole. Now, the interesting part to me is the second story of the gospel. Because Zacchaeus, the Large tax collector, the wealthy one, is quick to see Jesus. He's short, can't peer over the crowd, so he climbs a tree down the way, looks down, and Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house for dinner. There's no explanation as to how he recognized him. Or why he would invite himself to the tax collector who is known by the Pharisees and the Sadducees is to be beyond the pale, the true outcast. And he was a wealthy person to boot. This is one of the few stories you'll notice that he talks about, he has a positive relationship with a person who's wealthy. And the proud prince, of course, He accepted him and showed love on him. But this is a time when he calls to Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house for dinner. And what is Zacchaeus' response? His response is repentance. I will give half of all that I have to the poor. And for all those that I may have missed, Calculated, may have not represented the truth to them. I will pay them four times what I took from them. Jesus never asked for that. If you read closely, he never asked for any kind of repentance from Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was so excited and so enamored by the fact that Jesus recognized him and invited himself his house for dinner. So he immediately turns and repents of the things that he may be responsible for. It's an interesting, interesting story because it really defies in many ways those issues around Jesus and wealth. But he had approached the man from the point of view of recognition, recognizing him and seeing the value in his desire to be in the midst of Jesus. I think Jesus, through this banner, hates sinners, is so corrupted, so immoral in terms of the Christian values of faith, person that was wealthy, a total outcast in the community because he was one of the big tax collectors. And because of his excitement and enthusiasm of seeing and hearing the words of Jesus, it changes his life around. Last week, Chris shared with us the Jesus Prayer. And I've been working on it this week. I've been working on the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And I found that the more and more that I looked at it, I actually pulled up tapes. There are some YouTube stories told about this Jesus prayer. Matter of fact, John Michael Talbot, one that I use his music for my clown liturgy, was one of the YouTube that I pulled up. What was interesting to me is they talked about the prayer and Christos, a matriarch, one of the orthodox was talking about the word mercy in the prayer. And he said something that I've never known before. From the Greek tradition, mercy is love in action. Have mercy on me. Have love in action. say in the small prayer, the Jesus prayer. I would hope that all of us may find time in some way to practice that prayer because it starts with us acknowledging our sinfulness. Much like Zacchaeus. He was so awed by the invitation extended to him by Jesus that he turned around. I think it's so critical that we understand that our life has to start with our sinfulness. And before we judge others or criticize them or act out in anger or hostility or violence, we need to come back to ourselves and say, we are the sinner. May God help us. May God bring love into us in a way that we can now be whole and work to love others and change a world torn apart into a place that gives fellowship, care, and love. When I was studying world religions and teaching, actually, in a class, in Florida. Houston wrote a book on world religions. The Christians in the second century were persecuted all the time, faced death, acknowledging that they were Christians. But he said, they were known to love others. This became the entry point for many people during the time to face, in fact, their own death because they found the love of Christ in a community of people. Would it be so wonderful for us to be the community of people that others find love in and can find that the Jesus Prayer opens their heart, spirit, and mind to the depth of Jesus' love.